If you have your Bibles, I want to jump straight into it right tonight, and I'm going to get to where I need to get. Just believe in God to touch us in a powerful way. Open up your Bibles tonight. I want to go uh, to the book of John tonight. Go to the book of John. They're going to put it up on the screen for you, too, if you don't have it. Book of John. <clears throat> and I'm going to read from John chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. And this is the TPT. Um, that's the Passion Translation that I'll be reading from tonight. How many of you have a real Bible? Hold, who's got a paperback Bible? Come on, hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. Don't be ashamed. I'm not going to do anything crazy. You see those people with those Bibles? Hold them up. Hold them up unashamedly. Somebody's like, what is he going to do? Call me out? No. You're going to see those are the first people that are going up in the rapture when Jesus come back, okay? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. How many got, got an iPad or a phone? Hold it up. Come on. I want everyone. Hold it up. That's it. Come on. You got your Bible app ready? I want you to pull it out. You ready? Come on. You got it? All right. Let's do this. John chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It said, now on the third day, Jesus' mother went to a wedding feast in the Galilean village of Canaan. Jesus and his disciples were all invited to the banquet, but so many guests, but with so many guests, they ran out of wine. And when Mary realized that she came to Jesus and asked, they have no wine, can't you do something about it? Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it will change nothing for you, but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. Mary then went to the servers and told them, whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Just do what he tells you to do. Verse 6, nearby, listen to this, stood six stone water pots meant to be used for the Jewish washing rituals. Each one could hold about 20 gallons or more. Jesus came to the service and instructed them. He said, fill those pots, or some translation use the word vessels or containers. He said, fill those pots with water right up to the very brim. In other words, fill it all the way to the top. Then he said, now fill your pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. Verse 9, and when they had poured out the pitchers for the master of ceremonies to sample, the water had become wine. When he tasted the water that had become wine, the master of ceremonies was impressed with its quality. Although he did not know where the wine had come from, only the servers knew. He called the bridegroom over and said to him, Every host serves his best wine first until everyone has a cup or two. Then he serves the cheaper wine. But you, my friend, you've reserved or preserve the most exquisite wine until now. And this is a story that Jesus, he's at a wedding, and they ran out of wine. They ran out of, up until that point, what was making things continue to operate, function, and people having a glorious time. But Jesus makes a distinction that this second round of wine was not going to be like the first but it was going to be totally different. It was going to be something like none other. It was going to make an impact on the people like the former wine did not make an impact on the people. He said, he was, he, he said how is it, the bridegroom said, 
that we never tasted this, this before or seen this before. This is going to be something that changes the whole atmosphere of this party or this room. And he said, you saved it until now or you preserved it until now. I believe that I'm standing in front of a new wine generation. I believe that what God wants to do to through you is totally different than what he's done in times past. Understand there was some wine before that ministered to the people that they were able to drink from, that they were able to, 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 to taste. But understand Jesus himself and the bridegroom said, this is different from what's before. And this is going to have a greater impact than those before us did. And I believe that God's greatest works in this earth has been preserved for such a time as this. And not only preserved for such a time as this, but have been preserved for your generation. I don't minimize anything that has been done before. It's been great. It's been awesome. It's been good. But the Bible tells us that our God goes from glory to glory and faith to faith. And I believe I'm standing in front of one of the greatest generations that is existing right now. And God is saying, I'm ready to use you in a way that I haven't used others before. I'm ready to see you do things that others have not been have done before. I want to tell you tonight all the ministries have not been started yet all the books have not been written yet all the churches have not been planted yet all the music has not been written yet all the businesses have not been started yet I'm standing in front of businessmen and women in this room tonight you may not see it now you may not know it now I believe we might even have some future politicians that will serve God and honor God and stand in the White House one day and lead a country with come on somebody with righteousness and integrity I believe that I'm standing in front of one of the greatest generations that existed and I want to talk to you tonight because Jesus said this has been preserved for now I want to talk to you about being preserved vessels whatever's preserved the definition it means it's been set apart. It's been set aside. Watch this. For a unique, watch this, purpose or special use or personal use of an individual. It's set apart. It's set aside. And when I say that you are preserved vessels, you're preserved vessels of Jesus Christ because he set you apart. He set you aside. He's called you for such a time as this because you have a special use and not just a special use. You have been made for his own personal use. The Bible said you were created according to his purpose, made after the counsel of his own will. You are here tonight because God wanted you here tonight. You are here tonight because, see, your purpose was before you were. Because the Bible said that, that, that he told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I'm the one who called you. I'm the one who set you aside. You were before your parents were. I love what our pastors say. We come from God, but we come through our parents. 
So you need to understand the scripture said we were predestined according to his purpose. In other words, pre-planned. God has already set a pre-planned purpose for your life. Now, when I say that, it's not automatic. There's a desired outcome that God has for our life, but we must align ourselves to it. In other words, I don't sit back and say, well, God's going to use me. He's going to do what he got to do. No, that's not the way it works. He calls us into relationship. And in that relationship, he calls us into alignment. And when he aligns us, that's, see, your purpose is not determined. Your purpose is discovered. And when you discover it, God takes you on a journey of being aligned to it. That's why he puts you in a youth group. He puts you in a church. He puts you under leadership. He puts you under pastors. He puts you under mentorship. He puts you in an environment that can come conducive for pulling out of you what you don't know what's in you. Of all the things, are you with me, that God could have chosen to carry out his purpose and plans in the earth? He created everything. He could have used birds. He could have used beings, other beings. He could have used systems or methods. But he chose to use human beings. He chose to watch this, make his greatest investment in a container which is contents is so much greater then it can really, should, and truly hold. That's why the scripture they're going to put it up says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. There it is. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. It says we have this treasure. Go back. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. Let's go forward now. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. But here's what I want to show you. Did you see that we have this treasure in earthen vessels? And he said, don't get it twisted. He said, the excellency of the power. He said, I don't want you to confuse. Watch this, the container with the contents. The contents is Jesus. The treasure is Jesus. And he said, you can never take credit for what I do through you. And remember, what I do through you comes from me. And that's why the scripture said, when it goes into we're hard pressed, we're pressured, we're persecuted, we go through hardships and struggles, what it's telling you that just because, oh my God, you, you are a preserved vessel, but it does not make you immune to opposition. But it said, but the fact that you have a contents inside of you that can help manage and keep your container, even though the problems come against you. Are you following me? And that's why he said, if you're hard pressed, you won't be destroyed. If you cast down, you won't stay down. If you're if you're mentally or emotionally overwhelmed, I still can keep you because the scripture is telling you it's not you that's keeping you, but it's the treasure that's keeping you. It's the treasure inside of you that does not give up on you and refuse to let you go and let you down. Are you with me tonight? I'm going somewhere. 
The Bible says, talks about there's different vessels in the scripture. It says in a great house, they'll put it up. The Bible says that in a large house, there are many gold and silver uh, vessels, some of wood and some of clay, some of honorable use and some of dishonorable. And basically what it is saying that in a large house like this, this is a large house. This is a great house. It's filled with different types of vessels. In other words, different vessels for different times and different uses. Let me break it down a little bit more. In other words, at my house, if we have people over for the first time usually and as guests, we might pull out the real dishes. You might get good dishes, the glass, the fine china. But after that, you're not a guest anymore. You come through next week, you're getting paper plates and plastic cups. Not because we don't love you, not because we don't care about you. It's just a different occasion now. But notice the gold, the, whether it's a gold cup, whether it's a, 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 a plastic cup or a glass cup, it still holds water. In other words, one is not greater than the other. Mm. They just have different uses at different times. What I'm saying, when you look down the aisle that you're sitting on, those are different type of cups. Those are different type of glasses. And one is not greater than the other. It speaks to each and the individual uniqueness that every one of you have. And guess what? That's a cup. And that's a cup. And that's a cup. We got junior high cups. We got high school cups. We got college cups. I'm going to go ahead and preach. We got white cups and black cups, Latino cups. Come on. We got a house. And that's the beauty. We got a house full of cups which means God has a house full of options to use and that's why we don't get jealous of their cup because I got my cup and if because anytime that you try to be anybody's cup except your cup you insult God Trying to be someone else other than yourself is an insult to God. You are telling God that he made a mistake with you. But God does not make any mistakes. Every one of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every one of you have been made in his image and his likeness. Oh, you don't hear what I said. When he sees you, he sees himself. Somebody said there's different vessels and God chooses to use different vessels. Follow me real quickly. He chooses to use. And what I love, because God often will choose vessels that man don't choose. Ooh. See, the Bible said that God called a man named Ananias. And he said, Ananias, I need you to go down on a street called Straight. This is in the book of Acts. They'll put it up for you. If, I think I gave him that scripture. But yeah, there it is. But the Lord said unto him, go for he is a, cho listen at that. He's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, king, and the children of, of Israel. You know who he's talking about? Saul. And Ananias was like, hold up, bruh. For reals? Bro, you tweaking. And so I'm, I'm, I mean, Ananias like, are you serious? Do you know who you, Saul? That homie Saul who kill folk, persecute Christians, do be stabbing people, shooting up people, doing drive-bys? Damn. Are you serious? You want moi to go on there and do What? And he said, yes. And God said, look, you go. 
I know he's not your choice. I know you wouldn't choose him. I know you wouldn't choose her. I know that you're looking at what they've been through, but you don't see what I've called them to. And he said, I need you to go and anoint Saul because he is a chosen vessel of mine. I know he's messed up. I know he's made a mistake. I know he's blew it. I know he's been persecuting Christians and tearing down the church and living a life that's totally contrary to what I called and created him to be. But here's what you need to understand. Before Saul was making a mess, he had already been a chosen vessel for God. And God said, before he got in the mess, I chose him from the beginning. And the mess, watch this, is not going to discredit him from what I chose him to do. Now, he's got a choice to surrender and submit and repent. And if he do, he can get back on track and be everything that I called him to be. And I just want to announce to you tonight, don't you dare let nobody discredit you. Don't you dare let nobody tell you that you don't have worth, you don't have value, you don't have significance just because of what you've gone through, just because of what you've been through, just because of your mistakes, just because of your mishaps, and come on, just because of your struggles and your issues, you serve a God that knew you had the issues before you had the issues, and he still chooses to use you, because he understands when you get in my hand, I know how to make you again. That's why Jeremiah said he brought unto me I just got to preach like I feel it tonight he said he brought to me a broken vessel broken vessel but Jeremiah said it was broken Hamilton but it was still in his hand who told you if you're broken he took his hand off you who told you that because you fell back into what you said you never fall back into that God left took his hand off you who told you that your life is over it's washed up that you messed up too much and God can't use you because you're too nasty. Or you're just like your daddy or you're just like your mama. You're just broke like them. Who told you that? God said when the vessel, it was marred or broken, but it was still in his hand. Oh, I got to preach this. See, God is not like insurance companies. See, an insurance company, when a car watch this, it's being, has been totaled. It means that the cost to fix it is more than the value of the car. And instead of spending more to fix it, they'd rather salvage it. And so they say, this is a total mess or a total wreck. But see, God is not like insurance company. God says you can be a total wreck, but if you come to me, watch this, I won't call you a total loss, but bring your total wreck self to me, watch this, and he won't salvage you, but he will save you, and he will make you again, and what I love is that God just doesn't, watch this, fix what was broken, the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away, and all things have become new, I need you to give Jesus a shout of praise, and I'll move on. I'm sorry, there's no total losses in this house tonight. Can I go a little bit further? The scripture said 
Not only were there broken vessels, the scripture talked about stolen vessels. The scripture said in the book of Daniel that King Belshazzar, who was a wicked king, he brought all of his concubines and prostitutes, and they were turning up, the Bible said, literally, getting drunk. They were drinking, drinking booze and liquor and partying to their idol gods. And the scripture said that he went. Here's what got me. He went, the Bible said, and he went to the temple of God, and he got the golden vessels out of there that belonged to the temple that were supposed to be used for God's use. But the enemy went and God, watch this, went and got what was preserved for God. This is the enemy strategy. And began to use it for himself. And we still see that strategy today in 2024 where the enemy wants to infiltrate the house of God. He wants to infiltrate youth groups because he understands there's golden vessels in there. He understands that there's purpose and potential and power in there. And what the enemy wants to do is to pervert the purpose of what you were intended for and use you for his ultimate plan. Oh, God, can I preach this? This is what they tried to do to Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. The Bible said they took those vessels and they changed their name, which means they tried to corrupt their identity. Mm -hmm. And the Bible said they tried to change their name. They put them in a Babylonian society, a corrupt culture, hoping that they would, be, they would conform themselves. But the Bible said these young teenagers and young adults chose to be more committed to God than, come on, than give in to the things of the enemy. And I want to tell you, the enemy has come. I'm going to preach this right here because he wants to pervert a generation. You know what pervert means? It means to take something and twist its original use or purpose from which it was created for and what the enemy wants to do like he did those vessels uh, is intoxicate this generation with the lies and ideologies and, and, and philosophies of culture now that try to pervert who you are let me tell you when God made you a girl he didn't mess up when God made you a boy he didn't mess up I'm going to go ahead and preach tonight I'm going to tell you he wants to pervert no no you wasn't meant you wasn't meant to be come on somebody you wasn't meant to be just overwhelmed all the time depressed all the time ridden with anxiety all the time you weren't created to go through hell all the time you were created to be a vessel of God and the enemy I come to serve notice on the devil tonight he will not pervert these vessels give God a shout of praise Oh, come on. I got to get to where I got to get. The scripture said in Hebrews, in the temple, there were vessels that the priests sprinkled with blood. The scripture said, I called them bloody vessels, bloody vessels. Somebody say bloody vessels. They were sprinkled with blood. What was unique about these vessels in the temple? Watch this. They were chosen by the priest, but they were only seen by the priest. In other words, they were hidden from the eyes of the public. And the only person that saw these, these vessels that had blood on them was the priest. The public couldn't see them, but the priest saw them. 
They were hidden from public eye. And what the Lord told me to deal with, deal with tonight on this point is this. We live in a, in a society that glamorizes the scene. That glamorizes what's seen. What's seen on the pulpit. Uh-oh. Who's seen singing the solo. Who's seen out front. And we assume that everybody who's seen are the most important. We assume that I have to have a platform if I'm seen on Instagram, if I'm seen on social media, if I'm seen on Snapchat, if I'm seen as a YouTube influence, if I'm seen, that means great significance. Says who? Because God said, I've got some bloody vessels. Watch this, that only I see. And what it is, the Lord told me to tell you this, that sometimes God hides vessels for a purpose. Ah, watch this. You're not forgotten. You're just hidden for a season. Mm -hmm. Because see, when David, watch what I'm about to tell you. When God got ready for a king, the Bible said, I have chose me a man after my own heart. His name is David. I want you to go back and study and, and check me on this. That word chosen is actually translated in its original language as seen. In other words, it reads like this. God has seen a man. After his own heart, which means God was searching the city. He was searching high schools. He was searching, come on, junior highs. He was searching college campuses. He was searching neighborhoods. He was searching youth groups. I'm going by Brazelton. I'm going by Gwinnett. I'm going by Gainesville. I'm going by Spartanburg. I'm going by Midtown. Come on, I'm going by, I done forgot one, but it don't matter. I'm going by Free Chapel, and I'm looking for someone who will be after my heart his daddy didn't see him his brothers didn't see him can I preach it like I feel it you know what God is saying tonight I see you I see you I see you faithful serving behind the scenes I see you when you're praying I see you when you're riding, reading your Bible I see you when you're worshiping and just because man don't see you know that God sees you your father who sees you in secret shall reward you open I see you. Now let me get to where I need to get and I'm going to quit preaching. And then there's the preserved vessels. Jesus comes. They're in a dilemma. They're in a crisis. And he says, how do I fix this? Because understand, that's what purpose is. Purpose is just an answer to a problem. The purpose of these lights is because there's a dark problem. The purpose of this mic is because there's an amplification problem. So God uses purpose to be an answer to a problem. And the scripture said this, are you ready? He came and he was asked, how are you going to deal with this problem? And what I'm going to show you real quick, in seven minutes, real quick, what did Jesus see? in these preserved vessels that qualified them for the new wine. Are you ready? Number one, number one, write this down. They're going to put it up. Number one, put proximity. Mm-hmm. Which means closeness or nearness. The scripture said nearby, listen to this, stood 
six stone water pots meant to be used for Jewish washing. Each one could hold about 20 gallons. Notice he said nearby. They stood nearby. In other words, Jesus said, preserved vessels understand that it requires closeness with me. I don't want a long distance relationship with you. I don't want a casual relationship with you. I want you to be near. The Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I want you close. I came from afar. Come on. Jesus came from a long way. He came from afar so that you and I can be close. And he said, preserve vessels, understand closeness and intimacy with God. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branch away from me. You can do nothing. You have to stay connected to me, close to me, intimate with me through the word, through prayer, through worship. It's not enough just to come one night at youth. It's not enough just to come on Sunday services. But he says daily, I want you to come close. I wish you would treat your closeness with me like you do your charging of your phone. Who got a phone? Let me see a phone real quick. Hurry. Thank you. We make it a point to make sure we go to crazy extents. We got charge cords everywhere to make sure that we don't lose this charge. Come on, tell the truth and shame the devil. Because you understand you can have, this thing has all the potential in the world. But unless it has power as a result of a connection, it's nothing but a paperweight. And that's the same way our lives are. We're nothing but paperweight spiritually unless we're connected to the source continually to be recharged with the power and the presence of God. I, I realized this. I realized this the other day. I realized this the other day. Did you know that your phone will operate the same with 2% as it will 100%? What do you mean, Javon? Which means if you start living carelessly and think just because I, I was in the revival last year that I plugged in every night that I can live off that for the rest of the next two years. And see, the deception is you can still operate the same way for a little while. But notice the moment you unplug this phone, it starts dying. The moment you unplug it, it starts dying. And the, 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 watch this. And you can be deceived to think just because you're operating the same way, you still have full charge. But how many of you know when it gets to 1%, it don't tell you when it's going to cut off. It just cut off. And you got to be careful because you never know when you could get cut off. So what are you saying, Pastor Javon? What I'm saying is this. I'll challenge you if you're going to be a preserved vessel of the Lord. I want you to prioritize your seek over your streak. 
Oh, you will do everything to keep your streak on Snapchat. You'll make sure every day you snapping and popping and chatting so you can keep your streak with your homie or your, your girlfriend or whatever. And what's deceiving, I'm going to go ahead and break your little hearts, but I'm here tonight because I believe in you. And what gets me, I realize this, you do it for the streak, not even for them. Because the focus ain't even on them no more. It's on the streak. So it's formality. You don't even care about them. You're trying to keep a streak. But God is saying, if you want to be preserved, for, come on, come on, come on. Instead of prioritizing your streak, why don't you prioritize your seek and come after me? I Come on, come after me daily. I dare you to streak with me. I dare you to stay faithful with me. I dare you to read your Bible every day with me and see what I do. I'll be the friend that stick closer than a brother. I won't be the friend that walk out on you. I won't be the friend that talk about you behind your back. I won't be the friend that'll mess with your girlfriend. I won't be the friend. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get rid of the streak and get a seek with God. The Bible said with Josiah, he was eight years old. He was a teenager when he began to reign as king. The Bible said, watch this. And he began to seek the Lord at a young age. And the Bible said in four years, he began to turn, you go back and read it, his entire community upside down as a teenager. He was tearing down idols. He was tearing down false gods. His whole community was revolutionized. The Bible said he went back into the temple of God and rediscovered the word. I wonder what would happen. Come on. If the people, if these vessels and free chapel browsing it tonight at United Night to say, Lord, this year, I know the fast ends Sunday, but it ain't going to stop my seek. I know I can eat what I want to eat Sunday, but it's not going to stop my seek because I believe that God can use you like Josiah and change your city for his glory. Proximity. I got I to I tone it in. I got to pull something in right here real quick. Proximity. Can I show you something else? The Bible also said not only proximity, there was holiness. The Bible said these were preserved for Jewish ritual washing. Notice that. <laughs> they were set aside. <laughs> they were set aside. See, there were other vessels being used at the time, but these were set aside. Oh, I'm coming back to that. Let me come to this real quick, real quick. Notice those vessels had to wash the other vessels be used when they weren't. I want to talk to you. Don't you get upset when you look around and say, God using them, but he not using me. Why ain't I singing yet? Why am I not preaching yet? Why don't I have this yet? Why am I not doing this yet? And some of you right now, that's where you are. You actually frustrated because you're like, I started when they started, but they not using me. I went through the same class they did, but what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you, friend. 
And some of you even would say, relationships. Man, I got friends and they've been dating since they were in ninth grade and they look so good and they're doing so well. They're about to graduate and they're planning to get married. But I'm not with anybody yet. I don't have anybody yet. I tried, but Joker's nasty. I tried, but they just want to be the freaks of the week. I tried, but they don't want me. They just want what I can give to them. What's wrong? They don't want me. They have no desire to put a ring on it. They just trying to get something from it. And here's what I want to tell you, young man and young lady. Watch this. Don't you confuse being punished, God, God, with being preserved. You are not being punished. You're being preserved. God said, I'm not punishing you. You've been standing strong. Keep standing strong. You've been holding out. Keep holding out. Because you are preserved. And it's not punishment. And the reason why I'm preserving you is because, you, oh God, you just can't connect to anybody. You just can't date anybody. You just can't be with anybody. What I've called you to do, you're carrying something. Like Mary, you're carrying a baby. That's gonna touch the world. You can't just date any dude. You can't just date any girl. You're carrying something and you've been preserved. It's not punishment, it's preservation, and the time will come. You ain't meant to be no side piece and side chick, and you're not called to be no playboy and a pimp and a punk. The devil is a lie. You need to come on, come on. I need some young people that's gonna stand on business in 2024. I need some young people that's gonna stand on business and say, I'm preserved. I'm not gonna sleep with you. I'm preserved. I'm not gonna give in. I'm preserved. You're not getting my pants. I'm preserved. I'm not drinking because I am preserved. Anybody preserved, give him a shout of praise. Stay standing, stay standing. Stay standing, get on your feet. Last thing. I need every youth pastor to come up here behind me. Last thing, proximity. Those vessels, they were available. And watch this, they were accessible. They were set around, set aside for holiness. Watch this. But they were also accessible. And they were available, which means they were open. It represents openness, honesty, and integrity, and character. Because if you're going to be a preserved vessel, watch this. You have to be, watch this. The Bible said they were standing ready, but they were empty. In other words, you can't have stuff hidden in your vessel. Because if there's something hidden in, it's going to contaminate what's poured in. Preserve vessels, watch this. Because notice, 
they had to be, he said, make sure that they're empty before I fill them. The way that you empty the vessel is through confession and repentance. David in Psalms 32 said this. He said this. Listen, I'm going to read it in my notes real quick because I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. David said it right here. Where's my, where's my, where's my scripture? My scripture. My scripture. He said, yes, what joy for those who record. Listen, whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in, completely honest, in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Watch this. And you forgave me and all of my guilt was gone. David said, watch this, as long as I kept silent about, see, when you keep silent about sin, it becomes a killer within. Sin is a silent killer. Hear me when I'm saying, I'm not being, listen to me, because you want to be an empty vessel. And David said, as long as, I, watch this, God can't heal what you continue to conceal. As long as you conceal it, I can't heal it. But could it be that David, watch this, he, he didn't really understand how God would respond, Lance. Maybe he thought he was going to salvage him. Maybe he thought under all that pressure that God now became an insurance man and he was going to call him a total loss. Maybe he thought that Jeremiah meant some broken vessels, but not this broken vessels. But the reality of it is, your Jesus stands and look at you and say, why do you keep trying to fix that yourself? Why do you keep trying to fix that yourself? Why do you keep running away from that? Why do you keep wringing your hands? Why do you keep gritting your teeth? Why do you keep beating the wall and putting your fist through a wall because you keep doing it over and over again why are you screaming at your parents and yelling at your parents why are you isolating yourself daughter why are you keeping yourself hidden son won't you will you please give that to me I'm right here I'm right here I'm standing at the door and knock if you let me I'll come in I'm here I'm here to heal I'm here to console I'm here to restore you I'm here to revive you did you not forget that I preserved you did you not forget I chose you I had changed my mind about you what are you waiting for quit come on quit quit going to bed and having tears oh God at night and tears in the morning uh, quit getting alone uh, and thinking about killing yourself and cutting yourself and running away but come to me I am here and the Bible said when David confessed God said that's what I was waiting on come on in here and get your healing thank God he forgives us of all of our sins and he's here tonight 
He's here tonight. He's here tonight. Because we're going to end in his presence tonight. Because what's going to happen? We're going to empty and we're going to get full. Come on, United night. We're not going to be united just at youth groups. We're going to unite with him. We're going to connect with him. Come on, you're going to break your streak and get your seat tonight. Come on, come on tonight. Come on, when we get in this altar call, what we're declaring to God, we're saying by faith, we about to stand on business. We about to stand on business. We about to stand. Now, this year is different than last year. I know what I used to be, but this year I'm going to be about my father's business and I'm tired of hiding. And tonight I realize I'm a preserved vessel and I'm ready to go all the way in.